this world of toils and snares. If I falter, Lord, who cares? Well, who with me my burden shares? None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. Just a closer walk, just a closer walk with just a closer walk, 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 Good morning, we welcome you. Thank you, Heather and Tommy, as you invite us to worship the Lord. And I think that should be all of our prayers, that we have just a closer walk with our Lord and Savior. And, and we hope that each of you uh, come desiring that this morning as you watch us um, live streamed. And we hope uh, that those who are local and those who watch from afar, that all of you will be able uh, to feel the presence of God where you are and that you worship Him truly in spirit and in truth uh, this morning. We are delighted that you can join us again. This has been far more weeks than we any of us ever imagined. Uh, but we're hoping soon that the virus will subside so that we can be back together. Uh, but we ask you continue to pray for our church and pray for those who are part of our church. Again, if you are not a part of our email system, we invite you to do that. Contact uh, our church secretary or just send her uh, some kind of email letting uh, you know that uh, you're on there and how, how to participate in that. We have information on there every week. Uh, those who are sick and, and those who need special prayer requests as well as information that we will be putting out. So we hope that if you're not a part of our email, uh, list that you will join that soon. I would like to mention those uh, this morning in a special way that uh, need our prayers. Jim Pierce had surgery yesterday at Duke Raleigh and is doing well, still in the hospital. Malin Cook has had a very difficult week. He is 
at Wake Med and continues to be there. Pray for him. Wanda McGee had surgery this week, and it was successful, and Wanda has come home, and we're glad that Wanda is doing well. Uh, be in prayer for Preston Averett, uh, and also Levi Coles, and also Eddie Keith and Bill Smaltz. Uh, remember Hilton Eads, who is Lee Fowler's brother, and also Betty W. Fraser, who is Betty Whitaker's sister-in-law, and Philip Robertson, who is Wayne Robertson and Sue Williams' brother. And I'm sure there's others uh, that we need to pray for. If you would like someone added to that list, please, again, let Pam know uh, about your loved one or yourself if you're having some issues. Many people uh, we know and have experienced are having the virus and are battling that. We know many people not only are uh, dealing with that in a physical way, but also we know that it's affected people's businesses and finances. We know also that uh, emotionally and mentally and spiritually uh, that it's taken toll on many people's lives. And we lift all of those up and even more today. Uh, whatever your concern may be, we pray that you at this time, as we go to the Lord in prayer, that you would submit that to Him and that He would hear your request. And certainly we know that He will answer us in time. Would you join me as we pray together? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you sincerely and humble this morning, realizing that you are the giver of life and you're the one who takes it away from us. We trust in you, Lord, with all of our heart, and we lean not to our own understanding, but we know that you have the answers to all of our problems uh, that we've encountered in life, and we pray that we would rest and trust in you today. We pray for these that we've mentioned that are on our prayer list, others that may be hidden in our heart, family members and friends and co-workers and those who are going through times in which uh, they won't even share that with hardly anyone else. But Lord, you know the concerns of the heart, and we pray, Father, that you would come with your healing spirit and make these people well again. And as we come to worship you, we pray, Lord, that we would open our hearts and our spirits to you, that we'd hear your word, and that we would respond to your word as your spirit speaks to us. And we pray, Lord, that all that we do, that it would honor you, and again, that we would uh, put ourselves at a lower place so that you could be raised up. Lord, bless all that we do, and we pray that we would center our lives on you, that we would become more spiritual and more like you every day because we have that deep desire in our hearts. And Lord, forgive us where we have failed you. For it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we make this prayer. Amen.
Good morning, and a special welcome to all the children who are watching along with us this morning. I'm so happy that you're watching along with us. If you uh, will remember, uh, you can go to our Roseville Baptist Children uh, Facebook page and find our children's worship bulletin for this morning for John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51, which is where our Bible story for this morning comes from. So, children who are watching along with us this morning, I have a question for you. And I know you can't answer me directly, um, but this morning, I want you to think about something good that has happened to you. And I'm talking about something really good. Maybe it was scoring the winning goal in a soccer match. Or maybe it was getting a really good grade on a test that you studied really hard for. Or maybe it was scoring the winning run in baseball, or um, it could be any number of things, but think about something really good like that that has happened to you. Now, what is the first thing that you wanna do when something like that happens to you? Well, I don't know about you, but for me, when something really good happens to me, the first thing I want to do is to tell others about it. Whether it's telling my wife or my family or my friends, whoever it is, I want to share the good news that I've had something great happen in my life and I want to share with others and tell them um, how excited I am about it. Well, that reminds me of our Bible story for this morning. Because in our Bible story this morning, it talks about two of the disciples, maybe two that we don't talk about quite as much as the others, um, but two disciples who uh, met Jesus one day. And I want to tell you this story. The two disciples are Philip and Nathaniel. Now, Philip, you know, was one of the dis disciples, and he was in a place called Galilee one day. And while he was there, he saw Jesus, and he met Jesus. And guess what Jesus told him? He said, follow me. Now, G Jesus knew that Philip was going to be one of his disciples. Philip didn't know that yet. So when Jesus told him to follow him, that was exciting news because Philip knew this was the Son of God, and he was going to get to be one of his 12 disciples. So guess what Philip did? Philip went back and found his friend Nathaniel, and guess what he did? He told him all about this man Jesus, who he had met. And he even said, We have found the one that Moses and the prophets wrote about. He is Jesus. So Philip was really excited, and he knew that this was a special person. Well, Nathaniel, he wasn't too sure at first. 
And he asked a little bit more about Jesus. And Philip said, yeah, this is the guy from Nazareth. And Nathanael said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It'd be kind of like today if someone said, can anything good come out of Roseville? Well, it turns out that there could be something good, and it was Jesus. Well, Nathanael eventually saw Jesus for himself. And guess what? When he saw Jesus, Jesus told him, I know that you're a person of integrity with no deceit in your heart. And when Jesus told this to Nathanael, Nathanael said, but wait, you haven't even met me yet. And Jesus said, but I saw you even before Philip came to you under the tree. And Nathanael said, wow, Jesus knew me before I ever even saw him. And all of a sudden, Nathanael believed, and he became one of Jesus' disciples too, just like Philip. And so Philip was really important in this story. He didn't hide what, he had, what had happened to him, but he shared the good news about Jesus with Nathanael, and Nathanael became a disciple too. What an exciting story. I hope that you all will think about this story this week and think about how we need to share the good news about Jesus with our friends too. It's such an important story, and it's such an important thing to share with others. So let's remember that and share the good news that we have in our hearts with others as well. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the story of Nathaniel and Philip. Thank you for Philip's willingness to share the good news about Jesus with his friend. And I pray that we would all have the courage to share the good news about your son Jesus with our friends also. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, and I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord. Precious Lord, linger near when my life is almost gone. When my hand is fall, hear my cry, hear my call. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord. Take my hand.
Thank you again so much, uh, Heather and Tommy, for that special music leading us forth to be able to worship the Lord. And uh, what a wonderful song uh, that we sung for a long time that has deep meaning for us. Well, if you're uh, with us this morning and would like to turn with me to the scripture that we'll be reading together, it comes from the Gospel of John in chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. John 1, verses 43 through 51, as we find Jesus calling forth Philip and Nathanael uh, to be his disciples to follow after him. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. May God bless the reading and the hearing and the understanding of His precious and holy word. We hear those words, come and see. For the last several months, it feels as though uh, Murphy's Law is walking along as our guided friend. First thing I believe happened at our house was a switch shorted out and burnt out on the outside wall that was connected to the sewer system, and we had to call an electrician to come and fix that. Teresa woke up one morning and said, uh, I see some water uh, that's on the ceiling uh, that's leaking and also some water on the floor. I said, that's not good, and realized that a hot water heater had gone out, so we had to get someone to come and fix that. And then we were watering outside and realized that the faucet wouldn't shut off, and so we had to fix the outside faucet. And then Teresa said, my car is just not running very well, so we had to do major repairs on it. Several weeks ago, I was in the office, and Charlie came in, and he said, Dad, come and see something. And I was busy, and I said, well, what is it, Charlie? He said, come and see. i got something I want to show you. And I said, well, just tell me what it is. And he said, no, I want you to come and see. And I said, okay, figure it must be important. And when he said that three times, I thought, well, everything else is going south. This must be something bad, too. So I went in there, and in his shower, it wouldn't cut completely off. The water kept running. And I was actually relieved it wasn't any worse than what I thought it might be. But we had to get that fixed as well. 
Sometimes we may not want to come and see because it might be bad news, but we find in this story and hopefully most of the time in our life when somebody says, come and see what I want you to see, that it's good news. This passage of Scripture introduces us to a follower who became a leader who led someone else to become a follower. A story is told about a young woman who applied to a small college, and she got the questionnaire, and she saw one question on there, are you a leader? She wanted to be honest and conscientious, and so she wrote no, and she returned the application expecting the worst. To her surprise, though, she received this letter back from the college. Dear applicant, a study of the application forms revealed that this year our college has 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel that it is imperative that we have at least one follower. It's important that we have leaders in our world, but it's important also, isn't it, that we have followers. Philip, who became the follower of Jesus, runs to Nathaniel with the exciting news that he had found the one that Moses had talked about, the Messiah. Philip tells him, it is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And of course, we know how Nathaniel responded. Can any good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> and Philip had a simple three-word answer and an invitation rolled into one. Come and see if you don't believe. And that's our invitation too. Like Philip and Nathaniel, once we become followers of Jesus, we are called to do more, to come and see. The first part is very simple. It's an invitation, a simple invitation. Come and see for yourself. In other words, come and experience this. We had a friend some years ago who, he didn't like to mix food. You know what I'm talking about, mixing food? He didn't eat stews and he didn't eat casseroles uh, he kept all that food in different places and he ate it separately well, there was a little boy one time who had that same issue he didn't like to mix his food except he would eat double noodle chicken noodle soup he didn't want his food to even touch one another uh, on the plate but he was told um, anyway by his parents that you know when we eat the food, it gets all mixed up. He didn't believe that. He thought that your stomach had different compartments and it would separate that food as he swallowed it. But anyway, he went on um, through life that way. They did everything except trying to bribe him uh, to eat just one bit of casserole, saying, if you eat it, you might like it. One night he was watching TV. He was about 11 or 12 years of age and a commercial came on. It was either that Kraft macaroni and cheese commercial or that Del Monte uh, commercial because they were promoting a new line of canned tomatoes in which it was a mix of Mexican and Italian seasoning in it. The recipe was simple. One pound of hamburger meat and a can of Mexican-style tomatoes and a family-sized uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese. Put it all together and you got dinner. He said, I believe I'd try that. Well, guess what they had the next night for supper? That very dish. And he liked that. He experienced it firsthand, and it was okay. We find here in this passage, um, Nathaniel, he had to come and see and experience it 
for himself for it to be real. It's one thing for somebody uh, to be able to talk about that. It's another thing to experience that. And that's the invitation that we're called to every one of us. Come and see. That's the essence of every evangelistic effort that there ever has been. A simple invitation to come and see. Come and see what's going on up here at the church. Come and see what's happening with our choir. Come and see our praise band. Come to our Sunday school. Come to our youth program. Come and see what's happening with our children's program. Come for our worship experiences. Come and see for yourself what our Savior can do in your life. Come and see there's no threat of judgment. There's no threat of being wrestled to the ground uh, or being force-fed by someone for a certain set of beliefs. There's no threat at all. It's a simple invitation to come and see for yourself. Experience it firsthand. While I was in Shelby, I talked to a man one day, and he said that um, he loved to go and watch high school sports. And he said a man told him, he said, you need to come and see this basketball player. He's really good. He said, Matter of fact, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. And the guy said, come on now. He said, come and see. And he did. He went to see that guy play that night, and he scored 44 points. And he came away saying, yeah, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. His name was David Thompson. He had to experience it firsthand. He couldn't take word just from somebody else. It's important that we come and see, but also that we go and tell. Nobody will know that unless we ask, unless we make the invitation. And that was Philip's greatest gift and strength. He wasn't afraid to ask to invite others to come and see. You know, when we have something that is really important in our life, we want to share that, don't we? Uh, If we buy a new car or we're able to build a new house or we have a new baby or a grandbaby, then we go and tell that with enthusiasm. How about you? When's the last time that you invited someone to come and see as you have gone to tell? I'm really not trying to make anybody feel guilty or put anybody on the spot, but I'm trying to help all of us to understand that it is your work and it is my work and it is everybody's work who is a Christian, who is a part of the Christian faith, that we go and share the great news of Jesus Christ wherever we are as we are called and commissioned to be His ambassadors for Christ. The very last thing recorded in the Gospel of Matthew is that great commission to go into all the world and to make disciples. And you see, Jesus was doing it while He was here, and He had those disciples who were doing it. But we are His disciples, present tense, in the world. You see, that's the second part of this, because once we come and see and become a follower, we're then called to go and tell, to tell everyone about what we have experienced. I talked to a lady this past week who hasn't attended our church, but she's been listening to us uh, on our live feed here at 930. And she said, one of our members is a great ambassador for Christ. That this lady, for a number of years, not just one time, but for a number of years when they see each other in a social setting, she'll say, you need to come to Roseville Baptist Church. 
She has shared that message of what Christ means to her and what her church means to her. <clears throat> In the Disney movie, Finding Nebo, Nemo, Nemo has been captured by divers and taken to a new life there, uh, to a saltwater aquarium at a dentist's office. He feels lost and alone, and one day, a pelican lands on the windowsill, and when he discovers uh, that this new fish is in the tank, his name is Nebo, he excitedly begins to tell him about his father who is looking for him. Now, Nemo, recognizing his father's insecurities and fears, does not believe that uh, he would be that brave or resourceful enough to track him down uh, from that reef to Sydney. But the pelican says this true. He recounts all that his father has done to be able to get to him. He explains that he's gone through sharks and fish with great teeth and in the depths of a jellyfish forest. This pelican reassures him that his father is probably out in the harbor right now waiting to see him, finally understanding the depth of his father's love for him Nemo shrugs off his complacency and becomes even more resolute in the desire to get back home. You see, there are so many people in the world that we have now that feel abandoned. They feel isolated. They feel as though that there is no way out of this cocoon that they're in. If you think of all that God has done for us, then you begin to realize that He is not some God, some God way far away in the heavens, but He is near to us. He's in our hearts. He's in our presence wherever we are, and we can experience Him and live for Him. How is God seeking you out this morning? Many people don't understand the story of Christ and how He came to the earth. And how he came and lived and performed great uh, miracles and works. And then he went to the cross and he rose again on the third day. And he did that for every individual that is alive. We are called to be like the pelican. We are called to go and tell. We are called to share what God has done as Jesus sacrificed for us on the cross. But we are called also to go and to tell you remember doing that don't you that show and tell that we did in elementary school we are called to do that this morning the show and tell is the meat in the hamburger of evangelism without it all we have is bread and sesame seeds and maybe we have some condiments the meat really gives it its body some I know are vegetarians, but most people that I encounter, including myself, we like some meat on the bun. There was an auto mechanic who was the most knowledgeable auto mechanic in the world. He loved cars and trucks as a boy and as a teenager and even as an adult. He ate and he slept and he thanked about that all the time. All he did was consumed by thinking about automobiles and trucks. It was so uh, important to him that uh, he could even blindfolded, he could listen to an engine and tell you what kind of automobile the engine came from. But over the years, he had amassed great knowledge and information from manuals on almost every known vehicle ever made. He could talk about vehicles in a way that probably nobody else around could do that. 
He could talk about a 1943 Willie's Jeep or a Nash Metropolitan or a Pierce Arrow. He knew all about cords and humpmobiles and Kaysers and Hudsons, and he'd even driven a Tucker. Not only was he knowledgeable about the vehicles themselves, he was gifted in the way uh, that he could fix them. He could fix them in his sleep. He was so good. In his huge shop, he had every tool imaginable that he needed to work on vehicles. He had drawers and drawers full of wrenches and sockets and standard and metric. He had screwdrivers and pliers of every shape and size and specialized tools that most people never heard of, like a flywheel holder and a clutch holder and a compressor clutch and a seal service set. There was only one problem, though. This mechanic never worked on anything. He spent most of his time during his day organizing and cleaning up those tools, reading manuals, searching for new information about vehicles. He loved it, but he never actually worked on vehicles themselves. As a consequence, he did no one any good because nobody ever came to his shop anymore. What good is it? having all the tools and all the knowledge uh, that we need in the world if we don't do anything with them. Many men fall into that category. Many men have a lot of tools in their tool cabinet. They have, have a lot of uh, things to be able to work with, but they never get around to using them. What good is having the good news if we don't live it and if we don't show it? Telling is great as long as we show what we tell. Sometimes the telling is louder than uh, what we do in the show, but most of the time the show is more important. One day, Francis of Sissy invited one of the young monks to go with him on a trip uh, for him to go to town to preach. The young monk was so honored that Francis had invited him that he quickly accepted and they paused as they went along the way underneath a tree and found a little bird that had fallen out of the nest and placed it back in the nest. And they, they went along and stopped in a field that was crowded with reapers. And Francis bent his back to help to load uh, that hay into the cart. From there they went to the town square where Francis lifted a bucket of water from a well for an older lady and even took it to her house that needed some help. All day long, Francis walked through those streets and byways and alleys and suburbs, and they rubbed shoulders with hundreds of people. Each time they stopped, the young monk was sure that Francis would stop and begin to preach. But no words of great truth or wise discourse issued from the man's mouth on that day. Finally, they went into the church. Francis only went in there and prayed for a while and then left. And at the end of the day, the two headed back home. However, not once had St. Francis addressed the crowd, nor had he talked to anyone about the gospel message. And the young monk was greatly disappointed, and he said to Francis, I thought we were going into town to preach. And Francis responded this way, My son, we have preached. We were preaching while we were walking, and everything we did, we were seen by many 
and our behavior was closely watched. It's of no use to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere as we walk. Preach the gospel at all times. And he said this, use words if necessary. It's no secret that we as the church have seemed to have forgotten to share the gospel message that we have known about Christ. Our own personal experiences, oftentimes someone says to me, I just don't know how to share my faith. We share what's going on in our life. We share what we have experienced. We share what we have seen. It comes from the heart. That makes a difference as we share that message. It's important that we show and tell. Don't you remember grade school, how excited you were for show and tell day? Some of you may have brought that little frog to school. You couldn't hardly wait to get there. You wanted others to be able to share in this great treasure that you had brought as, as you showed it to them and told them about it. You wanted everyone else to share in the glory of that treasure that you possessed. That's all evangelism really is. It's a show-and-tell experience. And if we haven't experienced anything, we don't have anything to show. But if we've experienced God in His fullness, then we can show and tell that to the world that is hungry and needful for it. My friends, I am totally convinced of this. There are more and more people today that know, do not know of the gospel of Jesus Christ than ever before in the United States of America. Not everybody is Christian. And even those who claim to be Christian really are not faithful stewards of what God has given to them. We have a calling to be Phillips and Nathaniels of the world today. A preacher by the name of Nathan Williams told of two men who had been business par partners for over 20 years. They met one Sunday uh, for breakfast, and as they were leaving the restaurant, one of them asked, What are you going to do this morning? I'm going to play golf. What about you? Well, the man responded rather apologetically. I'm going to uh, church. The other man said, why don't you give that church stuff up? And the first man asked, what do you mean? And his partner said, well, we've been partners for over 20 years. We've eaten lunch. We've been in conferences. We've mixed in all kinds of settings. And not one time in those 20 years have you ever invited me to church with you? He said, obviously, it doesn't mean very much to you. If something really does mean something to us, then why don't we share it? You see, Philip and Nathaniel, as disciples of Christ, were called upon daily to do that. And all the disciples, and all the followers then, but we're talking about here and now. We are called individually to go and share the gospel message. As we come and see, as we go and tell, as we show and tell, we are able uh, to let other people know really what is important in our lives. 
And I really wondered that this morning. Occasionally I'll run into a parent or a grandparent who will say something like, well, I don't want to push them too much. Again, I'm seeing more and more kids. I'm seeing more and more teenagers. I'm seeing more and more young adults that really never have heard the gospel message in a way that they've accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. We want to make sure they get the best education in the world. That's important. We want to make sure they, they get a job and they pay the bills. That's important. We want to make sure that they fit in socially, and that's important. But it's not the most important thing. The most important thing of all is that when we live and when we die, that we have known Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And my friends, we have both an opportunity and responsibility as people of faith to go and share the gospel message. If we don't do it, the question is, who will? And each of us, whether we're totally comfortable with that or not, we're called by God to do that. Invite others around you to come and see what you have experienced. Amen and amen. I wonder if there's a person that's listening this morning that's thought about it, that has felt God pulling at their heartstrings, but has never made that decision to accept Jesus Christ. You don't have to be here this morning to do that. Right where you are, in the privacy of your homes, or somewhere else you may be this morning, you can invite Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. You asked him to come in and forgive you of all of your sins, to be your Lord and Savior forever, and that you pledge to, to live for him as the best you can all of your life. Those of us who are already Christians, we're called to share that gospel message. Who in our inner circle needs to hear this message? Who in that larger circle of friends and acquaintances and co-workers and those we play ball with that we need to share that message, both verbally as well as in our lifestyle. The good news is still good news today as it was in Jesus' day. We are called to go and share. May we make that decision this morning, if we're already Christians, to recommit our life to Christ, that we're going to be more faithful stewards of what God has given to us as we move forward in our lives. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, as we read this passage of Scripture, as we understand what your message is for us, each of us, we feel humbled. Lord, there may be one who is listening today that needs to get in the privacy of their home or by themselves or maybe even with family members and invite Jesus to come into their heart. There may be those who are listening who have said, I've just sort of become complacent in my own Christian faith. Other things are more important than my faith. And I need to share it and I need to live it each and every day. And those people who are important in my life, my family and my friends, and those that I have great relationships with, I need to make sure that I do it 
not in an offensive way, but in a way in which we're able to express what Christ means to us. Lord, we know that we can make a difference in people's lives if we do that. We're here for just a short time, but Lord, may we take advantage of the day that we've been afforded and be a blessing to other people and most importantly, be a blessing to you. And we make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Again, it's been good that you've been able to listen on with us today. We hope the Lord has touched and blessed your life. And we hope that you'll make a difference in this world that we're living in. God is raising up more Phillips and Nathaniels. Will you be one of those today who will say, come and see. Go and tell, show and tell our faith. May God bless you until we meet again. We hope he walks along beside you. As we close out this service, we're delighted to have uh, Peggy and Dolores uh, playing Morning Has Broken. We thank them for sharing uh, their talent and gift through music. May God bless. <laughs>